0: Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball give Podbean a high level of recommendation. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast. You're home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Now, this is the next episode in our Around the Horn Top 10 list. Last episode, we did the middle infield. We did four and six on the numerically around the field. This time, we're going to go third base and left field, which is five and seven. As we explained last week, we went a little out of order just because we thought that the middle infield kind of made sense together. Third base and left field doesn't necessarily make much sense together but they are on the same you know side of the diamond so I guess if you look at it that way it does make sense but these are also two uh great positions it's got some legends that we're definitely going to talk about um really both of the uh top tens here both of our top tens for both positions are uh really packed with with great players and legends and recent legends and all kinds of uh, players so so let's just jump right into it with uh third base and I'll start with my honorable mentions here so in no particular order, my four honorable mentions are Greg Nettles, Buddy Bell, Ken Boyer, and Sal Bando. All great third basemen in their own right, but uh, couldn't quite crack the top ten. You'll see you'll see why in a sec. So for my list, number ten is Scott Rowland. Number nine is Ron Santo. Number eight is Brooks Robinson. Number seven is Wade Boggs. Number six is Adrian Beltray. Number five is A-Rod. Number four is George Brett. Number three is Eddie Matthews. Number two is Chipper Jones. And number one is Mike Schmidt. So Mike Schmidt topping my list uh, is kind of uh, maybe to a lot of fans kind of obvious at this point. Mike Schmidt is at the top of probably a lot of people's list. What may be a little different is that we, well, you know, we've said this in previous episodes, but we do include, we did include A-Rod on these third base lists instead of shortstop. And, you know, you would expect that statistically he would probably go up there. Uh, close to Mike Schmidt and Chipper Jones, and then, I mean, after all, he almost has 700 home runs, 3,000 hits. But with, as with, uh, and you'll see with Frank's list too, as with our other lists, uh, the steroid guys kind of get a little bit of a, I guess you call it like a demotion or a little bit of a different uh, ranking because of their, you know, A-Rod's one of the guys that's kind of an egregious steroid <laughs> steroid case. So he didn't quite, he cracked my top five, but I couldn't quite put him higher than that. Um, some people may find it strange that George Brett is not number two, which is usually often the case is Schmidt and, and George Brett are one and two. Um, I'll get into that a little bit once Frank gives his list. But I, I think top to bottom, one through 10 are are awesome third baseman. And uh, hopefully number 10 here, Scott Rowland, uh, hopefully he can get into the Hall of Fame soon. we got yeah. the vote coming up. So I'm really hoping. I mean, he's it, you know he's a top 10 third baseman, I think, pretty clearly. And the fact that he may not get into the Hall of Fame, you know, fairly quickly at the very least is is a shame. I don't know how you can look at it any other way. Um, so that's my top ten. We'll um, we'll me and Frank will talk a little bit about it once he gives his top ten. So I'll just uh, throw it over to him and his honorable mentions and his top ten third baseman list.
1: Yeah, uh, third base and left field are they're similar positions, really. Uh, third base obviously is a uh, you know MVP of your team type position. Defensively and offensively, left field uh, is more offensive than defense, but um, still, they're, they're you know some of your best hitters in your lineup are going to come from these two positions. Uh, so to get into my third base honorable mention, I start with uh, Greg Nettles. Next one's Home Run Baker. You know he didn't hit many home runs. Home Run Baker <laughs> led the league in home runs of four straight years. Oh. Ken Boyer, Buddy Bell, fantastic base hit kind of guy, and uh, defensively was really good. Uh, Sal Bando, as you mentioned, Stan Hack. Another guy from a while ago. Good player. Um, and, Dale and Darryl Evans. Daryl Evans' average was a little low, but overall he uh, he was a really good third baseman. So to get into my top ten, number ten I got Ron Santo. Uh, you know, playing with the Cubs. <laughs> not much chance of, I guess, winning over there. There's a lot of Cubs players in the past. Yeah. But um, put together some really good years. Uh, defensively, he was pretty good. Offensively, his average was... Okay, but defensively, he was really, you know, that was his, that was his main thing was defend, uh, defense. Number nine, I got Scott Rowland. As you said, Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. He's on the ballot this year. Hopefully, he gets in. Uh, defensively, he's one of the best defensive third basements of all time. Offensively, he's just as good. Mm. Every team he went to, he seemed to make better. Uh, went to the Cardinals and was a big piece of the, the power lineup they had. Um, some of the plays he made at third base were just uh, ridiculous. The barehand plays going towards the line and, and stuff like that. You know, he, he, even though he was kind of like a, a, a thicker third baseman, you know, than some of these guys, he, he, he was defensively was fantastic. It was You couldn't get the ball by him. He could shut down a whole, you know, the whole side of the field.
0: Oh, yeah. Easily.
1: So, I love Scott Rowland. Fantastic player. To number eight on my list, I have Brooks Robinson. Uh, defensively, obviously, he's the best third baseman defensively of all time. Uh, he's one of the best defensive players in any position of all time. Offensively, uh, not quite uh, Ozzy Smith levels, but, no. um, you know, you don't really talk to him about offense, you know, 260 hitter, but he was good offensively. You know, you, you still put him probably, you know, maybe five, six in your lineup at the time, yeah. and you're fine with that, but obviously his defense was just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, he was a wizard over there. He was unbelievable.
1: He was a vacuum cleaner. I, oh, yeah. I, I really think you can look at him defensively, and you can kind of see the Arenado mold that he made, or Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. Scott Rowland, those guys who were just defensively ridiculous. But Brooks Robinson was kind of the first one over there like that. Number 7, I got Abrod. The reason why I got him 7, obviously the steroids drop him down. Uh, with his stats, pure stats, you're looking at probably the best uh, third baseman of all time. And you're probably looking at maybe top 5, top 6 hitters of all time. But with the steroid allegations throughout his career and other issues, it's hard to put him any higher. But 7 seems to be on my spot to put these uh, steroid guys, just because their stats are, are too good to leave them off, but there some of the question marks of how, how they got that stat, you know, you can't really give them their full credit. So, I got Arod at 7, but, I mean, his stats, obviously, are, are ridiculous, and we said it last week, we could have put him on a shortstop list if you really want to. Um, he's really, stats-wise, he's probably the best at both positions, whatever position you put him at. Sure. So, uh, number 6, I got Wade Boggs, and he's uh, <laughs> one of the best pure hitters you were going to see. Not a bunch of power, but um, he would just slap a base hit to Tony Gwynn-type, Rod Carew-type, George Brett-type. Yep. You're just going to slap base hits, and you're just going to move on with your life, and that's just what he did. Mm. Uh, the problem was with Wade Boggs was he was a lot more offensive than he was defensive, mm. and at a position that you kind of need to be both, he he lacked at defense. Um, and I love Wade Boggs, but that's kind of why he's 6th instead of really cracking that top 5. And to get in the top 5, i got number 5, Eddie Matthews. Eddie Matthews I would love to put higher. I really would. His average is... 270, 512 home runs, one of the one of the early on guys to get that. I think he hit like five, 493 of them or something with the Braves. Oh, wow. And here's a, a quick fact for you. He's the only Brave to play play a game or play a season with the Braves in all three cities they played in. Oh, wow. Boston, Milwaukee, and Atlanta. That's pretty cool. He's the only one. People forget about him, though, because he played with, you know, Hank Aaron at times and... Yeah, I think he even played with Warren Spawn at times. So he played with a lot of these Braves legends. Yeah. Um. So he gets kind of mixed, you know, missed there, but he was an incredible force in the box and offensively. I mean, he was just a handful at the plate. And if his average was a little higher, he's way up the list. And he's already way up the list. He's fifth on my list. He's mm. what third on your list. Yeah. His average is a little lower. Defensively, he was he was great. He was just a really great player.
0: Yeah, he was.
1: Uh, to stick with the Braves, I uh, got Chipper Jones at four. Mm. Uh, Chipper Jones, as a switch hitter, helps him a lot. A winner. Came up clutch all the time. He hit pretty good against the Mets, they say. Um, you know, huh. named his kid Shea. He batted like 980 against them. Mets fans still hate him. He still loves Mets. <laughs> so, but, uh, Chipper Jones, he's fantastic. Switch hitter power. Hit like 50 home runs one year. Not too much switch steroid allegations ever came out against him, but I'm sure there were some people and... There's some question marks in some people's heads, like, eh, because he had a couple of years there, he had, like, 50 home runs, and then he kind of dropped to, like, 30 home runs and 20 home runs. You're like, how? Oh, yeah, how like, that kind of happened there? Yeah. Because uh, he had, like, two years where all of a sudden he was, like, 50-50, and then he was, like, kind of back to, like, normal numbers. I think he's the latest, too, uh, to go into the season, with still 400 average, right? He went to June with a 400 average?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. He was old, too. Mm-hmm. He
1: was, like, it was what, like, 07 or something like that?
0: Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, kind of the twilight of his career, or getting yeah. there.
1: Yeah. But Chipper Jones was fantastic offensively. Defensively, um, he was very good for a while, and then he kind of it, it fell off a little bit. He, he ended up being a below, a negative defensive war. Um, that's kind of why I got him at four instead of putting out maybe on a spot or two. Number three, I have. It was really hard for me not to put him number one, and that's Adrian Beltre. Mm. I think I really do think he's number one. It's just that the other two guys, everyone knows, are one and two, or mm. one top three. And their stats are just as good, and they're they're legends. But Beltray really is a legend. I just don't think he he hasn't earned that legend you know legend status yet because you know he hasn't been out of the game long, and they, you know the history of baseball didn't kind of grow yet with him. Yeah, um, his career's done, but like you don't gain that legacy until some yeah. some years, mm-hmm. and he never won. It's a shame. Yeah. So Adrian Beltray is fantastic defensively, one of the best. Oh of yeah, best. offensively, he arguably is the best. I think he had a 280 career average, over 3,000 hits, home runs. He stole some bases. You know, he couldn't touch his head. Um, <laughs> he played a long time with the Dodgers. He went to the Red Sox in one year, hit like 50 home runs. The Mariners, the Rangers, he, he seemed to just be, you know, just energetic. I feel like he was the franchise for some reason. You didn't want to see him leave.
0: No, um, certainly not.
1: Adrian Beltré is one of my favorite players and one of the most dominant players we've seen in the last probably 30 years. But I have my three here. And there's a good reason, because the other two guys, like I said, their legacies are just unmatched, really. And number two, George Brett, he really, it's crazy to say, he's almost even a, a little bit better offensive player than Wade Boggs. But they're the same type of player. But Brett mm. was probably a little bit better offensively. Yeah. Defensively better. Made the Royals really what they were in those years. They had a good team, but he was the key to it. But he really, you know, he was the reason the Royals were good. He came back to baseball with the Royals and helped them build mm. uh, a franchise to win. Uh, be competitive for a couple of years in the World, World Series. And outside his stats of over three thousand hits and over three hundred career average, I think it was three or five Um the Pine Tart incident, which is big in baseball. Mm. Uh, so that's always iconic. So you always talk about some iconic moments. And you also talk about um I believe it was the Kansas City D M V said if he could bat over three hundred or almost bat four hundred in the major leagues then he could he could pass the driving exam. His eyes are fine. So that's always a famous quote there. They said with him, but George Brett's fantastic. He's a great hitter, um, a great player, and really is probably Mr. Royal. Um, and number one, as Mike said before, Mike Smith, his average was, it was not bad, two seventy, I believe it was. Mm. Home runs is over five hundred. I mean, offensively, he's one of the offensively, he's, he's really hard to match offensively. Mm. In third base and defensively, I think people almost almost overcredit his offense and forget about his defense because defensively, yeah. he's. He, I think he might even be better defensively than he was offensively. But people always think about his offense first.
0: Yeah, which I mean, he holds a lot of the records for third base offensive stats. So, or for at least for a while, he did.
1: Yeah, and defensively, he's he, he is the best. Yeah, you know, he's he's like defensively other than other than Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson's in a whole different league. Yeah, Mike Smith is, is second to him, and then mm. obviously his offense is way better than Brooks Robinson. But defensively, he's like, no one really talks about. Him, I don't think his defense, and he was he's he's second best of all time. You know, he he could hit the power. I mean, moonshots, long shots, the jump throws at third base, the bare hand plays. Um, he really held down third base, and he really is kind of the definition of third base we talked about last week. We talked about catcher bench and stuff like that. They look like the shortstops. I mean, um, he looked like a third baseman. He mm. kind of fit that mold. He was like, that's what a third baseman looks like, <clears throat> and that's what they do. Yep. And his importance to the Phillies those years were just unmatched. Yeah. There's the Philly uniforms, the, the red P on the side, and the red pinstripes, he just, that just fit. They just went together. Mike Smith and those uniforms went together. So, Mike Smith, I mean, like I said, I, I'd put Beltray up higher, but those two guys seem like they're kind of set in stone there. But, I mean, if you wanted to, you could. I really tried to put them there. But those two, you know, Smith number one and Brett number two, they're kind of set in stone, I think, for the most part, at least at the top three. Mm-hmm. You know, Brett, I guess I've seen some people put them at like three, even four. But um, I think, you know, Smith and George Brett, they're definitely top three third basements really of all time. And it's kind of hard to keep them out of there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, uh, you know, George Brett was uh, Mike Schmidt and George Brett were probably like locks for one and two for me. But then after I looked at the stats with George Brett, I did I did knock him to four. I just thought that Chipper Jones being a, a switch hitter because George, believe it or not, George Brett and Chipper Jones have a lot of comparable stats. Uh, they're only two points off an average, about the same uh, about the same at bats. So they're right there with runs and RBIs. Now obviously George Brett gets the bump because you know a lot of what you see out of third baseman now and in Chipper Jones's era came from guys like George Brett and Mike Schmidt. So you got to give him credit there. And George Brett came famously close to the 400, like him and uh, Tony Gwynn and, and Chipper Jones, like you said, uh, up up until about halfway through the year got close. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff there. Like you said, just legend of the game, George Brett, the pine tar game and stuff like that. So um, that all factored in um, for what he did for baseball. I would definitely say he's number two. Um, but statistically, and believe it or not, uh, Eddie Matthews, uh, ahead of everyone maybe, but even, Ad- believe it or not, Adrian Beltra I think, is like top three in, in third base war. Uh, I think Eddie Matthews is like number two or number three, it, right in there. He's fantastic. Yeah, so that's why I, that's just a little justification for me putting him three, is that he did have a lot comparable, if not better, stats than jo- guys like George Brett. And you can even probably argue, you can even argue Eddie Matthews number two. Um, that's how good he was. And I was actually even a little surprised by his stats, because uh, we both know how good he was, but then when you actually look at some of these guys' stats, you're like, wow, like, he was that good.
1: Yeah, I think even Eddie Matthews gets missed by people. I think he does, Other too. people forget Eddie Matthews. Mm. Um, when he was kind of you know, part of the three-headed mon- monster that kind of built their base, You know, Brooks Robinson, Eddie Matthews, Mike Schmidt, mm. those guys really built the position and what it looked like. I mean, Eddie Matthews is a lefty with that power stroke, and then defensively, he was you know, he was a wizard over there as well. He just held down for the Braves. He was there forever. He was there for all three cities. I mean, he was there. He gets forgotten, I think, because of Hank Aaron and maybe some Warren Spahn and some of the stuff he played with, some of the players he played with. But, I mean, Eddie Matthews is right in the middle of the order every day. Yeah. All the time. He's just, you know, just was consistent. A lot yep. of his years were just kind of consistent. That was a big thing with him. But I, I love Eddie Matthews as well. But third base is such a deep position. I mean, you can go. You know the the top thirty third basements, you could probably argue, you, you know, had hundred players, top hundred players. You can argue maybe twenty five, thirty of them are from third base.
0: Oh yeah, this this was one of the first lists I made where my every single person in my top ten. I I really do love the players. You know, Mike Schmidt, Chipper Jones, Eddie Matthews, George Brett, Beltray Wade. But ba- I mean, these yeah. guys are are just such. It's such a high war position because defensively a lot of these guys are so sound they're so good and, and- that's
1: that's the difference mm-hmm. between third base and first base yeah first base their offense mm-hmm. and if you have defense fantastic these guys are like their offense is almost quite you know their offense if not as good as almost like the first baseman as we talked about but the defense is 15 points higher definitely so that, that's what makes them so much better in the war and that's why you could say 25 top 25 25 third baseman could be in the uh, top hundred players, because they're position players. Pitchers, mm-hmm. You know, throw it off, but position players, you know, third base is such a, a high position. Just like you know, we're going to get to like center field. Oh my god! Because the defense there, yeah, uh, is a big thing compared. You know, with the offense. Mm-hmm. So that's what third base. Third base is, is an anchor to a team. If you get a good third baseman, you're kind of going. Yeah, you know, you're going in the right direction. It's like if you get a good catcher.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't have guys like uh, you know Mike Schmidt is the highest war. And I think it's only like 102 or something like that, which isn't like, you know, you're not reaching, um, you know, Lou Gehrig and Albert Pujols. Actually, Albert Pujols is comparable, but you're not reaching like Lou Gehrig or any of those guys. But you when you have the top 10 and your lowest war guy is like in the 50s and 60s, you're still... You're still pretty good. Yeah. You know?
1: And the reason Garrick's is so high is because he was a good defensive first baseman.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go.
1: <laughs> and you can still get Puos, I and mean, he was a good defensive first baseman for a while, but then obviously he's you know, older and he, that sort of went going down. And that's kind of why his war. But, you know, if you added, you know, defense to a lot of them first basemen, you're getting unbelievable players. You take mm-hmm. their defense away, and that's why these guys are comparable. The base, you get beat up over there. It's a, it's a you know, it's a grinding position. It's mm-hmm. kind of like being in the outfield, the outfield with all the running, not quite catching. The mm-hmm. Third base, you're beat up.
0: Yeah. You're diving oh, yeah. a lot.
1: You're covering the line. You're, you know, you're involved in a lot of plays. Um, and then you got to go in there and be the four hitter.
0: Yeah. A lot of these guys <laughs> were the three, four, five hitters, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or you, one or two hitters. Yeah. Wade Boggs, you put him wherever you want. You yeah, know? that's true. You put George Brett wherever you want. Oh, yeah. So, third base is such a deep position. But I think your top ten, for the most part, I think is... Um, I think a lot of lists I would have at least... Every list probably has eight, 8 out of the 10 of these guys on their list.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to argue A-Rod at short, there you could take him off the list. If you want to argue that he's a shortstop, that's fine. And then for me, and we have the same guys, but uh, Ron Santo and Scott Rowland, I guess, could be the only ones I could see someone scraping off their list. But other than that, you're not. I don't know how you could take off Brooks Robinson. I don't know how you could take off Wade Boggs and, and everyone above. Yeah. I just don't know. Unless you're, like we've talked about in other episodes, unless you're a super sabermetric guy where some of these guys aren't, don't fit a specific mold that you like. It's statistically, I, I just don't see how these guys, you can scrape anyone off. I just don't. Yeah. I don't see it.
1: Yeah, third base is a, is a deep position, and it's a, one of the greatest legacy positions that we have in baseball, and and for the multiple reasons of offense and defense. Yeah. First base is a lot more offense. Third base is, is both.
0: Yeah, uh, just fantastic players, fantastic legends. Some of these guys I really do are some of my favorite players of all time. Um, there's no one I really don't like on the list uh it's a shame that ron santo as i discussed uh, in last episode how he was the one that kind of got snubbed and he got in after he died like almost like a year after he died so it was like he didn't get to see his time he didn't get to see his recognition hopefully the same doesn't happen to scott Rowland. Uh, hopefully he gets in uh hopefully the, the voters realize how good he is um so we'll see with that but yeah i mean third base is fantastic so if you want to move on to left field uh we can do that now, unless you got any other final words on third baseman?
1: No, third base. That's that's pretty much it. You know, that's pretty much everything we could. Left field's uh, they're pretty similar positions, really. I think left field you come up a little bit more defensive. I mean, uh, third base you come up a little more defensively than left field, but um, they're very similar positions, um, really. If you think about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I uh, I had a lot of fun making both these lists. So left field, I even I had some fun with too. Some of my favorite players on here, A very controversial player on here as well
1: couple.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, There's two that may not be in the Hall of Fame, uh, even though they hold their respective high records.
1: And there's another one that's got a quite, oh, quite a nickname, uh, uh, who third say calls a ruckus back in, the, back in the day, but I don't think so.
0: Third one. Yeah, there's three of them on here that, that might not make the Hall of Fame, for really all different reasons.
1: They're probably three of the best hitters you're ever going to see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Alright, enough uh, teasing about those guys, you kind of know probably who we're talking about, but... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) you got to get him on there. No, Alfonso Soriano. Ah, uh, Tell me what a good time. uh, So my honorable mentions, uh, one of them might be a little bit of a surprise to you. In no particular order, my honorable mentions are Manny Ramirez, uh, who I think would maybe be a surprise for some people. He's not in the top 10, uh, especially if you're a steroid era guy. Ralph Kiner. Uh, Billy Williams and Lance Berkman are my four honorable mention guys. Berk um, Lance Berkman might be actually a little bit of surprise for people, too, that I even have him as an honorable mention. But
1: yeah, part of the killer beast. You not but the those one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for real. But, yeah, those were all, they were all good players on uh, their own right. But uh, on to my top ten. Uh, number ten, who we were alluding to earlier, my number ten is Shula's Joe Jackson. Who, although statistically obviously was kind of handicapped by the fact that he got thrown out of baseball for something that he probably didn't do, I don't think he did.
1: Pull up, I want to see. Pull up his postseason stats from that year. Yeah. Get down to it because I think he batted like 400.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suspect that all you guys kind of know what we're talking about with Shulas Joe Jackson, but he was, if you if you're uh, not familiar, he was part of the Black Sox scandal in like I think it was 1918.
1: And what gets me with this? What gets me is you're gonna pull up the stats because I don't remember it exactly. He's part of that. You know, he played really, very well in the World Series. You got someone like Ray Schalk who was on that team. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was on that team. Yeah. Am I right? Wasn't he on the Black Sox uh, team? 1919, uh, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made it. And yeah. you know his offensive stats don't, know, no. don't look no good.
0: Mm-mm. All right. So so for some reason on here, it only has the 19... It was 1918, right, it was the Black Sox? Or was it nineteen nineteen? So, yeah. Okay, yeah, because he's only in two years, it was seventeen and nineteen. Yeah, so, yeah. excuse me, it was nineteen nineteen. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, in nineteen seventeen, although it's not the year, I am just uh, kind of for context. He batted three hundred four in the playoffs, and then in the nineteen nineteen year, the the infamous year, he batted three seventy five in the World Series, which at that time that was kind of all there was. And again, if you are not familiar, he was accused along with the the rest of the team for throwing the world series
1: no, and pull up racial success for the world series. I'm going to see, we're going to find out right now who was throwing the world series.
0: Yeah. Cause, and it is kind of an infamous thing around baseball that he got thrown out of baseball and he batted 375 in the world. Series. how could you, you know, how could you throw that?
1: And the world series back then, I think was best of nine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was it so still best they of nine played at seven that point?
1: games? That series. Yeah. So it wasn't like, Oh, he played, Oh, it was a three game series. Well, oh, you know, it takes a couple of hits. You know,
0: he played eight games.
1: So it was eight games. So it was best of nine, eight games, I believe. Mm. So he played eight games to do that. It wasn't like, oh, two games. Oh, you had a couple of hits. And you, you know, your average is high. You go yeah. three for three one day, your average is high through the whole series.
0: It, eight games. Yeah, had 32 at-bats. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Ray Shock. So he, uh, again, he was in it in 1917. This is going to surprise you. Uh, in 1917, he batted 263, which is kind of average. It's average. And in 1919, he batted 304, believe it or not.
1: So Sh- Shoeless Joe was 71 points higher. Yes, and Schuler's show got thrown out because
0: he mm-hmm. cheated. Mm-hmm. Ray
1: Shock was three four. He was seventy-one points lower.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, in he's my opinion, a, a, a worse player. player. And he's a Hall of Famer. Yes,
1: and the catcher touches the ball every play.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it it boggles the mind, you know. You know, Kennesaw Mountain Landis was the commissioner at the time. He's pretty uh, controversial for his day, and now he's pretty controversial. So the decision to kind of exile him from baseball was strange at the time. It's still strange. It's strange that they don't reinstate him, in my opinion, because wasn't it, uh, you're you're out of the Hall of Fame for life, which he served that punishment, essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know, and I believe the reason they put him in is because he, or the reason they took him, took him out of baseball is because he couldn't, he couldn't read or write, so he couldn't decline. Uh... That he didn't take the money or something like that, right? He he didn't know he couldn't read or write very well. You know, isn't th- that the, isn't that the story with that? And you know, he I couldn't think... really like be like, no, I didn't do it. Like, mm-hmm. He couldn't he couldn't be like, oh, here's my name. So anyone could have wrote the name. Yeah, I don't know the whole story. I should have you know looked it up more, knowing we were going to talk about him. But um, I believe he couldn't read and write very well, mm-hmm. so he couldn't really defend himself that he didn't wasn't involved.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of legends around that. That time, uh, you know, the say it ain't so, Joe, the kid.
1: I, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's any moment. If you go back and look, that bit that says like, oh well, you know, he did something that's like, you know, his stats all look good, but he had that one at bat that he just didn't look right. We mm. had that one fly ball that he just didn't even catch it. Yeah, I don't think there's any moment like that you'd remember. It. It'd be talked about. There's no moment like that we go, well, look, at least that one play cost him that game. Yeah, like there's nothing like that either. So it just doesn't no. seem right that he got beat up for essentially Uh yeah
0: it was it always kind of to me looking back on it because obviously we weren't we weren't there it always seemed like a witch hunt where it was like that someone's got to take the brunt of it and let's just blame him yeah he was the best player on the team oh yeah far and away it's better than Ray Shaw that's for sure
1: it's almost (laughs) like I I really compare it to I'm not gonna go too far in it because you know I have him on my list as well Mm. it almost seems like what baseball did then was they punished one of their best players of all you know of all time at the point, but in the in the league, and they paid a price for it. If It wasn't for Babe Ruth. There's no baseball. You can compare it to what the Astros did and Why Manfred didn't go harsh on the Astros because they were some of the best players in baseball. And if you get punished some of your best players in baseball, why does that leave you? So I think that's they, they were very comparable. I think. Yeah, you I come agree. Out and pun, punish Altuve and Springer and those guys. You're talking some of the better players in baseball. Top twenty-five players in baseball, You're even higher than that, most likely. But at least the top twenty-five. What? Do you, where does that leave you? At that time, you punished probably the top, top five, at least, player in baseball. Throw him out, and that put you in a in a tough spot. Yeah. As baseball, and if it wasn't for Babe Ruth. You know, you might not have overcome that. Yeah. Similar and- to another guy we're going to talk about, and um, I'll just tell you now, Pete Rose, another one, one of the best players punished. If it wasn't for some other players, and then eventually the steroid era. That really hurt baseball as well. Still, just, obviously, in the strike, but
0: there's but, still a big outcry for it. It's still yeah. kind of
1: probably a so, cloud hanging over. So punishing your best players or your biggest names, your biggest images, really is going to hurt your sport no matter what you do. I think you can kind of compare those three and see kind of why I think Manfred didn't go at the Astros. One of the reasons.
0: And it's weird because, you know, it's it's they get rid of Shoeless Joe. I'm not going to dwell on this too long, by the way. I'll get through my whole list, but, you know, Shoeless Joe didn't deserve it. It, it, or it's uh, arguable. It's like there's 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 no hard evidence that he did it, especially he with, with what he got. Yeah, fully. exactly. There's no way.
1: There's no. Way. There should have been some sort of smaller punishment, a one year ban, a fine, or take his. You know, whatever, whatever it had to do. There's no reason he should have been thrown out of baseball for life. There's, yeah. there's no reason for that. Or
0: even give him a one year suspension. Don't play for a year. It's like take okay, his money. I don't know. There's yeah. no Reason
1: to take him out of the game. That's yeah.
0: Whereas with Manfred and the Astros, I felt it was a deserved punishment that they didn't get. So it's it's almost like Manfred, like you said, with the with the stars, you don't want to mess with your biggest stars. You he yeah. over he overcorrected.
1: And not that we're saying that what the Black Sox did was right mm. or fine. No, that's obviously no, 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 no. not the, the thing. Is you punished? It almost seemed I think there was two. I think there was two guys. I think it was Shoeless Show and another one. Yeah. That they punished, but there was no real like reason they did it. Mm. So it's almost like hey, you did a good job, And then it's like, then you're like all right, slow, stop, you're going too far. And then it's like oh no, it's like stop, you're going too far. Like you're going too far. <laughs> like, you went over the line. It's like, yeah, you did good. Get him out. Oh, you did good. You got him out. And then it's like, well, well yeah. yeah. sure. Like, hey, hey.
0: Yeah, what the hell now?
1: Yeah, you're going too far now. It's like they, you know, he, he wanted to send a message, but he's like, he just kept going. People were just cheering. And then they're like, whoa.
0: Yeah, yeah, we not him. And and like, he's like, good. Whoa. He batted 375. Leave him alone. And they're
1: like, he's like, too late.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it almost seems like it's like he, he, what they did was terrible and really almost killed baseball. But you're, you messed up and you didn't, I don't, I feel like no one wanted to be like, Hey, we messed up. Mm-hmm. No one ever wants to be like, Hey, we, we, it's our fault.
0: Yeah. Well, saw Mount Landis, like I said, the commissioner at the time was uh, a bit of a hard head. So yeah. it makes sense that someone like him would be like, get him out of here. And he's not going to hear any criticism. Yeah. You know? So
1: it's a shame. It's a
0: really shame yeah. Uh, if you're not, too familiar with the situation, or maybe you're a little new to baseball or something, definitely look that, that scandal up. It's it's a while ago. It's 100 years old, old now at this yeah, point. And there's um,
1: movies about it. There's shows about it. There's...
0: Yeah, there's a movie with um, with Michael Rooker and uh, what's his name played, Shulis Joe? Um, Charlie I Sheen, I really was in that movie. Yeah, either, Charlie like, Sheen was in it. Eight, yeah. man, eight Men Out? Or... Yep, yeah, Eight Men Out is the name of the movie if you want to check that out. Uh, they run it sometimes on LB Network if you want to catch it. Uh, but just quick to move on from J- Shulis Joe Jackson. He did have great stats, batted 356 for his career.
1: And, it's, I mean. Shoeless Joe. Yeah, I mean just, that's one of the best things. Shoeless Joe.
0: Yeah, and for his pretty short career and his career did get cut short when he uh um kind of was maybe in the prime of his career, uh he had like a sixty some odd point war. So say he plays the rest of his career, could talk about a top five player yeah, here.
1: Talking at least another third of his career, right? At least. Yeah. Certainly. So that's another thousand hits?
0: Yeah. Probably that puts him at uh that puts him right at probably twenty eight hundred, so So you're talking like a really high candidate here. But for now, uh, you know, I got to put him at number 10, at least for me personally. And then right above him, we have uh, who we uh, just lost recently. Unfortunately, uh, Lou Brock, who was uh, the former stolen base leader before uh, another young man that's on this list passed him. Fantastic player. Um, Not a super high war. And I was very surprised to see him not quite touching a lot of people's top 10 list. But I think he deserves a top 10 nod. Uh, Number nine, certainly above him at number eight is Al Simmons. Uh, another guy, really high WAR, uh, good offense, kind of, kind of forgotten about. Even I sure. didn't really, even I didn't really think about him too much until I saw his stats. Um, but great player, uh, kind of, you know, maybe want to look up his stats when you get the chance. But he just, like I said, he deserves a number ten spot. Uh, right above him is a recent Hall of Fame inductee, which uh, almost came too late was, uh, or could have been too late before he got in, was Tim Raines, oh. at number seven, who uh, another base dealer, uh, a lot of. Infamous stories with him during the eighties
1: In his pockets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole story. Uh, look up why he slid headfirst and, and inadvertently kind of popularized that sliding style, which, uh, not a lot of people did at the time. Um, well, then crazy Pete. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was diving all over the place, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Tim Raines, great player. A lot of stolen bases, hits home runs, high war Good defensively, uh, took him a while to get in the hall of fame, which was just egregious. In my opinion it was just terrible. Right, of, right above him, I think, is a controversial pick, is Barry Bonds at number six. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially if you're a steroid guy, are probably like, what the hell are you doing? Um, that's just, I'm consistent with my list. It's kind of how I felt about all the steroid guys. I just can't put him in, I can't put him in the top five above who I'm who you'll see are in the top five. Uh, it's just in my opinion, although, yes, he holds the single season and all-time home run list, uh, you know, the totals. To me, it's just so tainted. Uh, granted, without the steroids, great player. Still, I I think if he never took steroids, he could be he could even be number two three on my list. So I do think that Barry Bonds is a great player regardless, but it's just the, the steroid use. He's the he is the case. He is the talking point of the steroid case, it's, and I just can't. Yeah.
1: Pitching Clemens, Bonds, position players. Yeah, it's as simple as that. It's a breakdown right there that those two guys will have to overcome eventually, and maybe this year, Hall of Fame wise, if they overcome it, <laughs> we're in a weird spot for baseball. Yeah, for the next. Twenty years, I'd say at least twenty years.
0: Yeah, because kind of once the him and him and Clemens, because him and Clemens, you think got to go in at the same time, that opens the floodgates. Then if you're letting them in,
1: yeah, yeah, for then sure.
0: it's then it's okay.
1: And you already have leakage. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. We already talked Pudge mm. and Piazza, and there's already some leakage into the Hall of Fame with with some steroid guys. So mm. maybe not steroid guys, but you know, definitely some questions. Yeah. Some people bag well. I don't think so, but there's already some sort of you know talking the floodwaters there's already some leakage into the hall of fame and then some past players who've had incidents i mean older players mm. guys who you know said they took amphetamines against yeah against the rules at the time they're in there's no question about that no one even talks about that so that's already in so you, if you want to just you know push that to the side like you know we talked about last week with rizzuto and defensive guys how they get in uh, back then but not now so if you're gonna do that now you look at the current players you already have some le- leakage in there oh yeah so if you open those you know Clemens and Bonds get in. The floodgates are open now. What do you do? What do you do with McGuire? Yeah. Backtrack. What do you do with Sosa? Do you backtrack? Like what happens? Yeah. Do you have to do like a whole steroid committee?
0: And then you'll have Arod coming up. He's another case that you gotta you gotta seriously consider. If they don't, if they both get in and you don't let Arod in, then then are you just picking who's okay and who's not? Because you know statistically Arod should be a first ballot if you let them in. But yeah,
1: you're gonna have to. I think you're gonna end up with a steroid committee, which is the best way to do it because you have way too many guys missed at this point, mm-hmm. because, you, you know, we don't know what to do with them, and they're, they're, you've got to put them in. I think you've got to be in, but the way baseball is now, that's kind of to conduct our list, and it's hard to put someone higher if we know they took something compared to someone who didn't. So that's kind of how we conducted our list, and, and that's why, we, it's you know, even with bonds with some of these stats, yes, it's, you can't put them up there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I'm at the point them. where if you put them in, I guess I'll be fine with it. I'm not a big steroid guy. But if you do put him in, then I'm fine with having a, because we've been to the Hall of Fame. You know, I wouldn't mind if walking through a section where it's like, hey, here's the steroid era guys, you know, quote unquote, where it's not like not like you put an asterisk next to him, but it's like, hey, this is a part of the game. It happened. Well, everybody, it is, everybody
1: yeah. who ever played a year in that era gets gets put there. Yeah. Or everybody who ever played a year in there gets an asterisk on their plaque. Doesn't say they didn't do it. Someone who walks in an older older guy older generation walks in, he says that asterisk means he's not in. The newer person walks in and goes, That Asher is just there to let you know.
0: So, you know, they played in this era. There's there's the po- even if it's a 1% possibility.
1: Yeah, because you got guys, I mean, you got guys like Hank Aaron and Willie Stargell and, and, and Mickey Mantle. These guys took amphetamines. Oh, yeah. They took them. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they say they took them. That's illegal. Stuff you couldn't really take. They took them. No questionnaire. And then you got older, older players, you know, they had other issues that.
0: Oh yeah, God. You know. God knows, even the guys that never got caught, what they did.
1: Yeah, you know, stupid stuff. They, you know, stuff that you know is, is really big now. But back then, it was it's funny a lot. Like Babe booth punched an umpire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if
1: you did that now. You're not getting the Hall of Fame. No, no, no. You know. No. no, no. Yeah. So it's like, where do you put those guys off the field issues? You know, what, what does that hurt them? Yeah. Which so what we're seeing with Schilling now, some of his off the field stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just, I feel like they should be in the Hall of Fame. I really do. Because mm. um, it still takes some talent to do what they did. Oh yeah. Um, does it inflate their numbers? Does it help them? Sure. Does it inflate their numbers from a you know 200 to a 300, 330, 100 home run guy to a 700 home run guy? No. Does it add up? If you did it your whole career, does it add 50 home runs maybe? Maybe.
0: It's the difference of him being the home run king, and that, is he still hitting 700 home runs? Probably. 600, yeah. at the very, very least. Yeah, so Is he the home run king? Probably not, though. I, That's the and, difference. And I
1: don't even consider him the home run king.
0: No, neither do I. Then lie. again, I
1: don't even consider Hank Aaron home run king. <laughs> home run king. <laughs> so, he's the crown, you know. Yeah. But, do they belong in you?
0: Yeah. I so often do it, too,
1: so. But, do I like that they hardcore cheated? Because at the time, that this was hardcore. Oh, 90s yeah. and Palmero and Canseco. I mean, these guys are, like, taking, like, wrestlers amount of steroids. Yeah. That's not good. But what they did for baseball and their stats is still impressive. So should they be in? Yes. Should yeah. they be considered a top player at their position cuz of their stats? No. Hmm. I feel like that's why we ranked them there. It's like your stat your what you what you took is what leaves you lower on on the all-time list.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's it's a big talking point. We can make a whole episode about it. Um and Barry Bonds is really the center of it. He's the, the he is the, the start and end of the argument really. Yeah.
1: And there are some people who believe that, that there should be a a small, very small amount of steroids to be given to players to keep them on the field because of the money they're given and the play- people want to see them.
0: Yeah, I've heard that before.
1: And I think, I, I believe, I'm not sure I don't hold me to it, I believe Euclid as a former player was one of the people who who kind of was like into that a little bit. was like, hey, you know, they should be, that's something that they should look into. Mm-hmm. Some sort of small, very small amount of steroids to, to keep these players healthy and keep them on the field and, and stuff like that.
0: And then it's an even playing field if everyone's kind of doing it, so... That's interesting. Like I said, we can make a whole episode about it. I know you still uh, got to, you know, you got your list to talk about, so we'll we'll maybe get into it a little more. But moving on to my top five players on my list, uh, another controversial is the third guy I was alluding to was a, a non Hall Famer, which is just terrible. Is Pete Rose? Pete Rose is the all time hit king, well deserved. I mean, he just was a hitting machine. The reason I have him at number five really is just because well uh, round all around stats don't quite. Not that he wasn't good. Don't get me wrong. Doesn't quite stack up to the other four guys. Um, at least in my opinion. I mean, you could obviously, I guess, you could make a case for him top two, top three, with with his hit total and and kind of his impact on the game and winningness and and all that stuff. But uh, he's a he should be in the Hall of Fame. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, number four is Carl Yastrzemski, who is a famous, famous Red Sox, a great man for the game. Uh, I really did, you know, learning about Carl Yastrzemski, I did like him. And he had some ridiculous stats, high war, good defense, you know, great offense, obviously a lot of home runs, high average, a lot of hits, you know, obviously you could say something with, with Fenway, which, you know, there's two young men, him and one other guy that I'll get to, uh, where you could, you could, you know, talk about stadium and in, inflating stats that, you know, certainly helps a lot of people in their career, but I'll uh, call regardless, great, fantastic player. Uh, right above him at number three, I have Ricky Henderson, oh, uh, the yeah. all-time stolen base leader. I mean, that's just he's
1: still playing baseball.
0: Probably. Yeah, I just don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he just he's still flaring his collar when he hits a home run for some reason. But yeah. um, snap catching and yeah, oh, he's fantastic. <laughs> probably bones cracking all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but uh like I said, the stolen base king, insanely fast and and good defender. Um, and he knew it. Oh yeah, he knew how good he was.
1: There was no waiting around. No. He's on first, he's on second, he's on third, all right, it's calm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And everyone knew in the stadium knew he was stealing. It wasn't... It's like when... He would uh,
1: tell him. He would tell him. He'd be like, I'm going. Yeah. And they'd be like, all right. It was... And it's literally like...
0: It's literally like the Dave Roberts stealing in the 0-4 championship series against the Yankees, but like every time he's on base. <laughs> That's how Ricky Anderson was. It's like, oh, I'm going, watch this. Yeah. And he would still steal it. That's how good he was, but... Overall, as a player, I mean, uh, I think he holds the record for most leadoff home runs by a player, or something yeah. like that, right? Uh, so a lot of home runs, good average, just a lot of stolen bases. Uh, even if he is a leader, it's just a lot, and just a fantastic player. He cracks my top three. Uh, right above him at number two, who I did consider putting my number one, but ultimately decided to sit him at number two, is Stan Musial. Now, just a man, what a what a player, what a. You look at him statistically; he uh, he even edges out in some ways the number one guy. You know, defensively, he was good. Iconic, iconic Cardinals guy. Great person for the game. And um, like I said, high war, high average, high home runs, high RBIs, the whole thing. He's got it all. Throw it all up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then number one, uh, as you probably guessed already, is Ted Williams, uh, who I kind of, in my head, when we were thinking about the list, it was like, who's going to be my left fielder? Oh, my God, Ted Williams. (laughs) It was kind of, it's kind of like a foregone conclusion. A lot of comparable stats to Stan Musial. You can make a case. To put Stan Musial number one, uh, I certainly thought about it, uh, but Ted Williams is is such such an iconic. I mean, he's he's credited by a lot of people as the best hitter of all time. Um, I don't know if I fall into that camp. I'd have to really kind of think about it, but uh, he's up there, about a three fifty career average, uh, high war. He missed a few years because of the war, but uh, four hundred, and he yeah he batted four hundred. He's the last person to do it in the same year that Joe DiMaggio did his fifty six game hitting streak. So he didn't unfortunately. uh uh, um, maybe not. Unfortunately, but he didn't get the MVP that year.
1: Yeah, the Story almost almost traded for each other.
0: Yeah, there was the 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 two GMs were were talking over drinks and they got drunk and wrote it on a cocktail napkin and woke up and they came to, uh, and they were sobered up. They uh they decided against it. But imagine if that trade happened. But Ted Williams, I mean, it, his WAR I think is close to the highest. Obviously, Barry Bonds is, is through the through the roof. Uh, his WAR. But Ted Williams, for comparable to everyone else, probably has close to the highest WAR. And um and that's without really any defensive, you know, he was, especially towards the end of his career, defensive liability in left field. He really, really wasn't good his whole career. He was average at best. But offensively, one of the best hitters in the game, and in my opinion, the number one left fielder of all time. So um, that's my list and my honorable mentions. I'll let Frank uh, get into his kind of like third base. very We have a comparable list in left yeah. field, so yeah. I'll let him get into yeah, it. Yeah,
1: we already talked about a lot of these guys too, so I don't have too, too much to add. I already threw it in already. So, mm-hmm. honorable mentions, uh, number one, you know, not in any order, but my first honorable mention is Goose Goslin. He's fantastic. Go look him up. Just leave it at that. I always have a few of these guys, older guys, who just, their stats are just, just go look them up. You're know, like, who the hell is that? Why is this guy throwing these names out here? This George Davis fellow out here. <laughs> just look their stats up. That's all I can tell you. They're fantastic. Uh, next one, I have Manny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I. That play, I don't understand. I don't understand. I kind off. I don't understand. It, I don't understand it. I never will understand it. I don't understand. I just don't get it. Every time I think about it, it's I don't I understand. Think about. I just, it, you wouldn't see that in a T ball game. No. You did wouldn't he, see it in T ball game. But
0: he did it at Fenway.
1: In major leagues, and he threw the ball from his knees to the same guy he was going to. It just didn't make any sense, and that's why his defensive uh, WAR is like negative nineteen because he's he was just. You could have at Fenway with the you know the wall being twelve feet away, you probably could have just put a cardboard box out there, and you're sh- anything off the wall, shortstop could just field it like it wouldn't you wouldn't you would have lost nothing. It's true. He's his issues off the field on the field steroids obviously keep him off. It's pure stats he's one of the best, but still trying to play trying to make a some sort of professional comeback, yeah. not major league baseball but professional comeback. Yeah. Um, hitter wise you know great defensively terrible. Brain, I don't know where that's at, so um, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, the next guy, <laughs> there's no debating, Albert Bell. Offensively, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Another one, his 10 years, off the charts. Off the charts. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a uh, highest-paid free agent of all time yep. at at, at, uh, at his contract with the White Sox, I believe. Intimidated. I mean, he was the, the most feared. He might be one of the most feared players to ever play baseball. I mean, ask Fernando Vina.
0: Yeah, put him up there with Ty Cobb.
1: Yeah, and he was huge. And he know it. He 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 knows no one liked him. He didn't care. He just he was going to punch you in the face, hit a ball and throw his bat at you and everything. I mean, had a cork bat, they say. Had the bat boy. Well, actually, I believe it was a player. I believe it was a, a a young pitcher on the team, a rookie pitcher. I believe had him go through the, the air ducts to sneak into the umpire room to steal his bat back so he didn't get in trouble. Uh, he ended up getting in trouble, but... Probably not as much trouble as he would have gotten, that he would have never done that, which is weird. Very weird. Fernando Alvinia ran him over, going to second base, and then didn't care. Just left his helmet out there like he didn't care. That was fine. And no one even said anything to him because, like, what are you going to do? Run out there and fight him? It's Albert Bell. Joey Bell, early in his career. He was huge. He was like a refrigerator. Crushed the ball. Offensively, he's fantastic. 10 years. He only lasted about 11, 12 years. He had a, a actually a, a more rare hip problem. And that really cut his career short. If he had a full career, he's one of the best left fielders of all time, hands down. I think he still could be a Hall of Famer with his stats. I mean, I think he's the first player and only player, I believe, to have 50-50 home runs and doubles in a season. Um, Tremendous. You know, hit for a good average. RBIs, always had RBIs. I think he had 1,200 RBIs and over 1,200 career RBIs, I think, in 12 seasons. That's all Mm. he played. And I think he had two seasons where he really didn't play that many games. But he had over 1,200 career RBIs, that's just 100 RBIs a year Mm. on average. He was fantastic. Will they could get him in the Hall of Fame? No, because the writers didn't like him. Nobody liked him. Mm. That's why he's not ever going to be up for Hall of Fame. And some of his off-field issues he's had. But um, if he was well liked, I'm sure he would have at least a shot. But his off-field stuff and people not liking him is going to keep him out. But without injuries and that hip problem, he's fantastic. And one quick story with him: Spring training game, he got hit by a pitch. He grabbed the ball. You know, he actually stood the box, just stayed there. I said go down to first base. He said, No. Go down to first base. No. He said, I'm not going down to first base. I want to hit. And stood there for five minutes, delayed the whole game. Stood there for five minutes. I'm not going down to first base. I want to swing the bat. They finally made him go down to first base. He walked all the way down to first base.
0: Second. But he didn't want to
1: he's like, I want to hit. <laughs> he was he was crazy. But uh, my next honorable mentions, George Foster, part of the big red machine. Uh next one, Zach Wheat. Another one, go look him up. Zach Wheat had some ridiculous stats a long time ago, nineteen hundreds. Next honorable mention, Billy Williams, and my last one, another one from more closer to the live Boy era and more Babe Ruth era, and that's Joe Medwick. Some fantastic stats, those guys. They're, they're the old stats guys are just, just unbelievable. Yeah, they just at. they just hit. Yeah, it's just their job. Yeah, it's like we hit a right. Yeah. Like, no, you bet at three forty, you're you're more than a right. Yeah, you're doing like, good. You, like you wouldn't believe this guys. This guy's batting two thirty this year, and they love him. <laughs> you bet at like two ninety to like get out. What you're terrible. That's just it's what they did. So to get to my list on uh, number ten, like you mentioned earlier, Lou Brock. Defensively wasn't that great. Offensively he was pretty good. Because steal basis. Big part of the Cardinals, and we lost him this year, which is a shame. But uh, Lou Brock was, I, I think, deserved. Uh, I seen on the list too, a little lower. I think he's, if not a top ten, he's top fifteen left fielder. I put him at ten though, because he's he is a really good player. Defense, I think, defense I think kind of hurt him for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, especially when he had that much speed, it kind of makes you. Think twice about that. Number nine, Al Simmons. You know, I talked about him. A forgotten player, I think, by most. Number eight, The Rock, Tim Raines. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. You know, you know I'm sure a lot of people know him. Uh, I follow him on, on Twitter and stuff. Uh, Ryan Spader, uh, that was one of those guys he pushed. Every year he kind of has a guy he pushes. You know, one year it was Edgar Martinez, who I loved. So <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, I really agree with Ryan Spader on a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. Um Reigns was one of his first ones. Edgar Martinez, now he's on the roll. Mm. Uh, he really pushes these guys for the Hall of Fame every year. And um, Tim Reigns, I think he really helped him. I believe Spader uh, got invited to the Hall of Fame with Tim Reigns because Tim oh. Reigns really appreciated what he did. I think he yeah, was part of this book he wrote, which wow. I have. Uh, Tim Reigns is fantastic, though. Kind of a stocky guy, but, man, was he good, and, man, was he fast. He was kind of similar to Ricky Henderson. He was like, I'm going to go, and you're not is going to like it. Head first all the time. He was crazy. Uh, played with the Yankees. He really fit that Expos. Really, yeah. Really looked good there. Mm-hmm. Played with a lot of teams, but man, he was he, he was good. Tim Raines, number seven, Barry Bonds. We already went into Barry Bonds. Um, you know he's the only player to 500 home runs, 500 stolen bases. He was the first player, only player. I think he was one of only a few to have 400 400. Um, he might be the only one at 400 400 still. Maybe yeah. I know he's the only one 500 500. But steroids. He's a Hall of Famer. The steroids, his numbers are ridiculous. And in, in San Francisco, which is not really an offensive ballpark, you can still see that he's left out of baseball. He came back with the Marlins, and they kind of threw him out, what, one year as a hitting coach? Yeah, he wasn't there, there long. There was something weird there. They were like, we're, we're not liking this. You're not getting a good – fans aren't liking it. Something was wrong. There's no reason you threw him out that quickly. Yeah. So even, like, they tried getting him back, and people were still not ready for him, Yeah. which is weird. Uh, and, and it's a shame because he, he really, it really bothers him that he's not – kind of mentioned in baseball and people don't talk about him and Giants are kind of starting to work their way back to him and yeah. um, Clemens I don't think he, you know really gives a shit It's just kind of how no. he is <laughs> he don't care if you like him or not mm-hmm. Bonds was a guy who kind of you know, liked the attention I think that was a big reason why he started doing the steroids but we already went into him a lot And I got him at 7 which you see in like, pretty much all my lists these guys who they're on steroids I keep met at 7 for the most part because their stats are so good but <clears throat> how they got their stats are questionable so you kind of got to Put him down towards you know towards the bottom of your top ten. Uh, number six, I got Shoeless Joe. You got him lower. Shoeless Joe did um, nothing wrong, I, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. One of the best hitters you are ever gonna see. Great nickname. The shame they should relook that at and and just give him his, his him and whatever family members he has left and and stuff like that, relatives or whatever he's got going on. Their their moment in the sun because Shoeless Joe is a fantastic player. And without those, you know that suspension, you are talking one of the best hitters of all time.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, number five, Carl Jastrzemski. If you're a Red Sox fan during that time, you were crying up and down that Ted Williams was gone. Mm-hmm. How are we going to replace Ted Williams? You replaced him with Carl Jastrzemski, and you had 43 years, I believe it was, of unbelievable left field play.
0: Two of the best left fielders of all
1: time. Two of yeah. the best players have ever played their game, their, in their team, since so you played left field. So, you, how are we going to replace Ted Williams? We got Carl Jastrzemski. How do you replace Carl Jastrzemski? I don't think they ever did. No. You could say Manny, but that doesn't count. Yeah. Had, he's, ugh. Oh.
0: You had, what, him and Jim Rice? I mean...
1: Yeah, I think Jim Racing Yeah, he guess he played a lot of left field compared to the right field, but... Still not. And they were good. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you got these guys. Yeah, how do you even compare? Fantastic players. Um, and again, could their stadium help them? Sure. Could their stadium help some of their defensive stats because they weren't that great defensively? Sure, because it was a smaller wall and stuff like that. Or mm-hmm. smaller field. Big wall, smaller field to cover. But number four, Ricky Henderson, he didn't need any help. I think he could cover the whole outfield by himself. He probably would tell you that, too. Um, the field in Oakland is... Rick Anderson Field now, beloved, beloved player, really would fit this day and age of baseball. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, would he fit in. Uh, Rick Anderson was, he could uh, turn the light off in his room and be under his his blankets, they said. That's how fast he was. He'd steal bases right away. He used to tell guys in the on-deck circle, he would tell the guy coming up behind him, Mm. he'd give him a number, two, one, three. What the hell is he talking about? That would be the number of pitches to give him he'd steal. He said, "By three pitches, I'd be at third base. Two pitches, I'd be at third base. So you would tell the batter after him how many pitches, how many, give him a number."
0: It's nuts. It's insane.
1: Yeah, and he would do it. And he was fantastic. One, of the, he is the greatest base stealer, and no one's ever going to come close to me. 130 in one season.
0: Yeah, that's that's. You
1: know, it takes if you're a fast guy three seasons to get to 130. Mm-hmm. He did 131 season. He also had 127 one season. I think he had 124 one season. 1406 in his career, lead off home runs. Crazy bent over batting stance, he was fantastic, and he's an iconic player in baseball. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah.
1: I bet you he's still fast. Oh
0: yeah, you know that.
1: I bet you he could still. I bet you could still steal some bases, and I bet you he could probably steal forty bases a year still. Probably. And he'd probably tell you that. Oh yeah. Probably tell you he could steal seventy. Oh yeah. You know him. He might sign <laughs> somewhere. The Padres might get him. Who knows? Oh my but, God. But uh, number three, Pete Rose. Love Pete Rose. He knows how to hit. He's had a lot of controversy. You know, he had cork bats. They say and he had all this other crap. No, he didn't. He was the best, one of the best hitters of all time, the hit leader, the hit king. You know, hustled all the time, Charlie Hustle. He's kind of what you wanted. It's just some of his stupid stuff he did, and it's uh, that's pretty much what it was. It was just some stupid decisions at times. Because um, on the field, he was he was fantastic. Played every position, played it pretty well defensively throughout those positions. Probably below below, below average, but he played everywhere. Key to the Reds. Simple as that. Is he kicking? Is he sorry you bet on baseball? Yeah, I have a sign. I got a baseball sign by him it says I'm sorry I bet on baseball. <laughs> Does he rub baseball the wrong way by having his own convention Hall of Fame weekend in Las Vegas? He signs autographs. The gambling capital of the world. That rubs people the wrong way. Rubs baseball the wrong way. Does he care now? No. Does he sure know doesn't. he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Does everyone know he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah. But he could easily kind of turn his, you know, be be apologetic. And kind of work his way back into baseball. And he has done that. But he is not ever going to change fully. No. He wants baseball to... I feel like he wants baseball to be like, you're You're looking stupid compared to me. Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. Especially because he did all that from the knowledge and the information we have. He did that as a manager. Mm-hmm. Don't put him as a manager, put him as a player. It's my theory on it. So get got two guys who have no real controversy. Number <laughs> two, Stan Musial. Um, Stan Musial's stats are ridiculous. He's played a lot of first base, I know, but... More memorable as a left fielder. Played, what, 24 years?
0: Yeah, he played a long time. time 20-time All-Star? Mm-hmm, something like that. 24-time All-Star.
1: 24-time All-Star. 24. (laughs) 24. So he played, what, 27 seasons or something like
0: that? (laughs) Hold on. He played 20... Wait a minute. How is he a 24-time All-Star, and he's a 22-year player? Would you put it past him? No, he's just that good, I guess. Yeah. Wait, some years he was voted twice?
1: They could have had two All-Star games a couple of years. Didn't they have two All-Star games? One There's one,
0: two, three, four. Yeah, there's four years where he had two All-Star. I believe so they that... had the
1: middle of the year and then the end of the year All-Star team, I believe. I'm not sure exactly, but there was some some stats like that. But Sam Usual was fantastic. My favorite stat from Sam Usual, my favorite, favorite, is that he had the same amount of hits on the road as he did at home. The same amount. 18.05, I believe it was. It's a cool stat. That's unbelievable. Fantastic player. I, uh, you could easily put him one. I almost put him one, but... Stan Musial is just fantastic, and he's, again, we've said this about a lot of players, you know, Lou and Melina and all these guys. Pujols, he's probably the best Cardinal of all time. Yeah. He's probably the most important Cardinal they've had, and he's he's just unbelievable. Um, he had home runs, he for average, base hits, and doubles, and stolen bases, and played good defense. He's fantastic. Yeah. One of the greatest players that we've ever had, let alone in left field. Hundred percent. Number one, I got Ted Williams. Ted Williams, I think, is pretty much, pretty much set in stone there. If not, he's set in stone in the top two with yeah. usual. You can see his importance to baseball. I'll never forget the nineteen ninety nine All Star game. Yeah. You never see an All Star moment like that, and you can say, "Oh Mo," and no, you never see an All Star moment like that. No. There was something about that ninety nine All Star game that will never get. Repeated for some reason. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of players who are like similar players to what Ty Williams and their their unbelievable legacy. That you could have done that for, but some reason that was it was maybe because it was like the you know going into the 2000s and there's some you know all that stuff going on. But that All Star Game is probably the greatest All Star Game, mm-hmm. the greatest roster, greatest All Star Game. It just there was that that moment is is maybe the most iconic moment in baseball in the last 50 years, and maybe one of all time. All those players, I mean, McGuire, shaking his hands. I I mean, you had some of the best hairs who ever played baseball. I don't care steroids or not. And they were overcome by Ted Williams. Yeah. He was on the mound, I believe, in in a wheelchair or in a cart.
0: Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think he was in a cart.
1: Yeah. And he was, like, talking hitting right there on the field, you know. And those guys were overcome. Like, McGuire was mind-blown, you know. And and, and that that moment tells you kind of how important Ted Williams is, was, and is always going to be. Missed a prime of his career to go fight in a war, to fight a bigger cause. He missed prime prime years, four years or so, mm. in the middle of his career to go fight in wars, and was a was a war uh, a hero. Um, Pilot wasn't he? Yeah, and he had you know I believe he had a um, a crash landing or some some sort like that. He had a he had a big issue, but he was a hero. Um, he missed years of his career. I mean, unbelievable. But I <laughs> I do use this one thing against Ted Williams as I do with any other player because people piss me off with this with other players, his stadium helped him. And the only reason sure. I started using that is because people use it for Colorado and nowhere else. So I started using it for Ted Williams and Yostremski and those guys and Wade Boggs, David Ortiz. Their careers numbers definitely got inflated a, a touch from playing at Fenway, as did anybody who played at Yankee Stadium. Anybody who played at Polo Grounds because the corners were so short Yeah, the center field, obviously. But corners were so short. Colorado, you want to enhance their stats because of that, then you got to enhance everybody's. So that's my one thing with Ted Williams. I think his stats definitely got a touch a little boost from playing at Fenway.
0: This is real quick. I just want to throw something that I just found out in there. He only batted under 300 once in yeah. his whole career.
1: It was last year his rookie year.
0: Second to last year. And his last year he batted over 300. <laughs>
1: yeah. And he he missed what four years at what age 28.
0: He missed he missed three from you know, yeah, like like kind of the early part of his career. He actually I think left after his famous 1941 season how old was he and he was uh he went to fight he was 24 so he left he had four years in the league he was 23 his 24 year year he would have played but he came back at the age of 27.
1: so it was 24 25 26 he missed and then I believe he missed the year Korean the Korean War then it was correct Was he already retired at that point because I believe he went to the Korean War too right
0: he retired in 1960 and have any missed years through there so it must have been maybe uh, you know maybe after you retired a uh,
1: part where he was in the korean war as well well he took another maybe he was maybe it was something else or uh, off season or something i believe he had some sort of impact on the korean war too in the military so he missed three seasons of i don't know 200 hits
0: then there's two well actually you might be right because in 1952 and 1953 i don't know if he was I, I don't i really don't know if he was injured or something but he only played six games one year and 37 the other so maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe he went. Maybe he played six games and went off to fight. I mean, early fifties. That's right around the Korean War uh, years, I believe. So yeah, imagine you take back.
1: I'm saying what? Average 180 hits at least. Got it. I 30, mean, 30 home runs, 180 hits. Yeah,
0: I mean, like I said, never batted under 300 except for one year. So let's
1: say let's say 180 hits for three years. Is you know, that's, it's what 600, uh, 20, 40, 60. It's 540.
0: Something like that, yeah. Hundred
1: forty hits. Add another year in there, hundred eighty, because you had the two years we kind of missed. So you're talking, you know, seven hundred and twenty hits.
0: Yeah, which uh, puts him well above three thousand, because he doesn't quite have three thousand hits, yeah. but he does have five hundred home runs. Yeah, so and
1: thirty home runs for four more years. It's it's one hundred twenty.
0: Yeah, he's got probably right around. He's closing 70. in on seven hundred. Yeah, so and those are
1: just rough numbers
0: yeah those are yeah imagine if he had better years
1: peak years three of those years mm-hmm. at the end of his career were better than average people's years but you know obviously not his peak years you don't know what he could have done he could have been mm. at 420 one year he was Ted Williams um, but I got Ted Williams one I'm not going to get into it too much but I do want to go back I missed something I missed something on one okay. Ricky Henderson as fast as he was Prince Fielder has more inside of parkour runs than Ricky Anderson did oh my god I remember you telling me that I believe Prince Fielder has two of them Ricky Henderson has zero
0: that's so weird how did that never happen? How did he not just hit a ball in the gap and just maybe it bounces weird or something and he gets around to home? I just don't know. How did that? Benjamin Melina has one.
1: Rick Henderson doesn't. So I wanted to backtrack to that because that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's the fastest man in the world. And, he you know, he can't get he's getting outrun by Benjamin Molina. <laughs> if you really want to break it down that way. Yeah, Oh, that's fantastic. terrible. That's,
0: that's so weird.
1: But uh, yeah, so left field as I said ended, ended at number one is Ted Williams and his career is ridiculous and he could have even had more numbers if it wasn't for his um courageous uh you know act to go go to you know the war not like it was really his choice too much but his uh courageous act to go to war um and fight for a bigger cause
0: yeah great list uh great player Ted Williams uh like you said or like we talked about Carl Yastrzemski following him up. As like the successor, yeah, forty three
1: years of just pure dominance. And yeah, position.
0: I mean, I had a, Red Sox fans at that time must have been. I mean, granted, he didn't win a World Series, but I mean, having that guy, those guys platooning at left field, like or patrolling left field. I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: it, it really it spoiled them. Like I said, you had Jim Rice, who was a very good player. I, I almost put him as my honorable mention here, mm. and Manny Ramirez, who is an honorable mention, obviously. It, it almost spoils their their numbers because you're like, oh, they're not Ted Williams. I was like oh, I'm not sure of mirrors. Five hundred fifty-five home runs. No, he's no good. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Jim Rice was you know three hundred home runs, whatever he had. You know, one of the one of the better left fielders, top twenty left fielders of all time. Mm-hmm. Eh, no good.
0: Yeah. So what is, Yeah, the Red Sox got something going on with left fielders. You know,
1: but um, two great positions to talk about.
0: Next episode, though, there are some young men. Oh. There is one young man in right field.
1: Well, you, yeah, you have the greatest. <laughs> it Doesn't matter. I'm not, not going to say his name because I don't. I want to spoil things. He's the greatest baseball player to play baseball. Uh, he always will be, and he always was, he always will mm-hmm. be, he always is going to be. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that, then don't, don't listen. It's as simple as that, because he's the best of all time.
0: And center field, there's some people that come close to that, too. So the center field and right field, you got some... Uh...
1: Some unbelievable names. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the bottom of those lists are going to look like. No, but... But I'm sure the top five are going to be uh, big yuck. They're going to be just... You're going to look at them and go, oh, <laughs> those are some of the best players who ever touched baseball field.
0: Oh, yeah. I can think of two right in my head that are considered some of the best. Three, four, right off the bat, center and right. You can think of right away. Yeah. So that's a that's going to be an exciting episode. And then the one um,
1: after that is a fun episode. Some yeah. Managers and some uniforms, and we'll do some uh, what mascots. Hmm. We'll do uh, stadiums, I think, all-time stadiums and stuff like that. So we'll do yeah. some uh, funner episodes, some more top ten lists, just to kind of wrap it up and bring us into...
0: Kind of the spring free, training and stuff. Yeah,
1: past free agency. We'll have like an idea of kind of what the hell we're looking at.
0: Even though spring, I mean, um, excuse me, uh, the offseason is moving slow. You know, there's still a lot of guys Especially out the there. Padres. So, well, yeah, they're, they're they're trying to keep things fired up. Yeah, so
1: we, we talked about them last year, Get uh, last, uh, last episode getting Snell, now they got new Darvish, and they're still in the Bauer sweepstakes. So there is some movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also a big thing uh, to get into, a quick note, there is no planned delays for the season. That's good. They are expected to start spring training and everything on time last episode, we talked about how they could get pushed to Memorial Day. And they were actually talking about a plan with that. They stopped those talks, and they plan to start the season on time. Good. So unless there's something crazy, crazy outbreak, uh, vaccines don't work, um, the world explodes. Um, <laughs> we should be starting spring training in, in mid-February. Game by the end of February. And real baseball, I begin in April. Good. And it should be nice and cold in Detroit and snowing in Chicago and yep. snowing in Colorado till June. And we'll love it.
0: Yep. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. But, so, unless you got, yeah, unless you got final notes on some of the guys we talked about, you can go into your your trivia question for the week, which is a pretty good one.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it there, but, let, you know, let's get into the, the best part of the episode, and that's the trivia question. And I will obviously go with something that we talked about. The trivia question this week is, which who has the highest defensive war in left field in all time? That will be history.
0: It's pretty surprising. I mean, I did guess it, but it, it's... It was kind of a shot in the dark.
1: Yeah, and just to let you know, outfield is a harder defensive war position to accumulate. Mm. Center field a little, little bit easier. But if you go look at left field, you'll be quite surprised. Um, And I used uh, Baseball Reference to get this. So if somehow crazy, it's wrong. I got it right from Baseball Reference. Mm. Showed Mike. But right field seems a little bit more true to left field. They both were similar. Center field was a little bit more defensive. So those numbers kind of. Um, we're different, but mm-hmm. um, the highest defensive WAR for any left fielder in MLB history is actually Brett Gardner. Yep, with a 12.8 defensive WAR.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's the reason that I that I guess that was because he did he was for a while you know obviously he's, his speed is waning he's getting older but there were a few seasons where he was considered like the best defensive outfielder or even the best defender in baseball uh, st- statistically so based on his ability to get to basically everything because how fast he was I, and his route you know efficiency and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean. I, I never thought Brad Gardner was, um, I knew he was, you know, he was above average defender and he was good, but I watched him all the time. And I always thought, I'm like, boy, he, he, there's times where you're like, nice play, but you're like, boy, that looked a little weird. Yeah. It looked ugly. I never ugly. thought his arm was fantastic. I, defensively, he's good. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. that's just, you know, you're like, really? There's so many guys you got on here. I mean, Alex Gordon. Okay. He's Marte's up there. Adam Duvall, you know, Carl Crawford. Chad Pinder's up there. I mean, what is going on? Yeah, you know, no Ricky Anderson. You know, it's like what?
0: Yeah, I mean, with with Gardner, you see him. He's backpedaling. He's catches a ball on his on his tippy toes sometimes, and he don't make it look pretty, but he gets the job done. I guess I, I don't yeah, know.
1: Well, you can tell us right there. So he yeah, had the highest defensive WAR in left field in Major League Baseball history for a career. For a career, is Brett Gardner twelve point
0: eight? Good for him. He's had a he's had a nice little career. Oh yeah, Brett Gardner.
1: That just was surprising.
0: I yeah, I thought it was a little surprising too. I can't when I saw, I was like Brett Gardner, you're like yep.
1: And I was looking at you know maybe third base, but you kind of knew. Yeah, yeah, you kind of know what you know what that's all about. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much it. Though. That wraps up this episode. And like you said already, center field, right field is going to be.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I really it's gonna can't. Be
1: exciting because those are some of the, my favorite players. Like first base, or I had like six guys on there. And I said those are like my favorite players. Starting pitching, I felt. Very similar. A lot of guys I like there. Mm-hmm. Um, center field and right field. Uh, you know, it's five five names on the top of my head right now that I get back. Those are so, those are like my favorite players. If one yeah. is my favorite player of all time. Doesn't matter. So I don't care if Jesus came down with swinging a bat. There's one guy who's better than him.
0: Yeah. If you if you been listening to us and you and you kind of know how we how we talk about players, you could probably guess who it is. You um, could have
1: put him on that list, at a whole yeah, different position. Yeah. And you wouldn't have been wrong.
0: It's true. It's so, very true.
1: Yeah. He's a young boy.
0: Yeah. So we'll get into that episode in two weeks, Um, and that'll wrap up the Around the Horn list, and then we'll get into, like Frank said, we'll get into the kind of weirder, like kind of miscellaneous list of just stuff around baseball. But uh, as I said last episode, we are recording this uh, the week after the last episode went live. So this is going to go up. Uh, this will go up normal time. You guys won't even know the difference, but uh, in case there is, we're talking like there's no raw off season moves, say, you know, I upload this and Trevor Bauer got signed in LeMayhew and there were all these moves. Uh, it's just because this was recorded earlier. Uh, there's no, like, you know, we're just oblivious. <laughs> um, we just recorded it earlier because I'm going on vacation. So uh, just to reiterate that, uh, if you are a little confused, that's the case, but Unless you've got any final notes or anything you just want to leave it off with, uh, I guess we'll just wrap this up and get out of here.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, there's not much big news in baseball other than Darvish to get traded to the Padres, which we kind of mentioned. It was a chance last week or last episode, but mm. now it actually happened. We'll dive into more of that once we get to the off-season summary episode, I guess you could say. And baseball stop talks and include uh, expect to have season start on time. Everything, spring training and everything. So that's yeah. our two biggest news, and there were two things we talked about last episode. So other than that, that's that's pretty much it. Ready to wrap up this greatest of all time list and uh, get to real baseball.
0: Yeah. The yeah. We're-
1: baseball's coming around. We're talking about that. So everything's kind of going the right way.
0: Yeah, hopefully if everything starts on time, we have our fantasy and, and everything's kind of normal. We can have kind of what we planned the show to be in a longer sense. Because we did kind of, you know, the 60-game season, we kind of did have the episodes we want, but it was only for a few weeks, so it was kind of weird. So, yeah, we're excited to start that up and have kind of a full season yeah. back oh. in regular and just a full season for the yeah, podcast. It's
1: up on, what, a year?
0: Right? Yeah, going to be a year soon, yeah. On
1: February. Yeah. 6th yeah. or something?
0: Yeah, I'll have to look up the, the upload date, but yeah, we're right around there. It's so. up
1: on a year nonsense really yeah
0: oh yeah all right then uh that's all i got so <laughs> let's uh let's uh let's get out of here uh thank you guys for listening you can listen to this podcast on google podcasts as well as apple podcasts and spotify you can listen to this podcast on our regularly updated youtube channel as well as our website screwball.podbean.com you can follow me on twitter at real mike you can follow me on instagram at mike
1: and you can follow me on instagram and twitter at fdubs10
0: you can follow our official Screwball Twitter at Screwball Pod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No e Ian Screw, and that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week.
1: Yep. Take care.